Take your name. Put ism behind it. Attach ism to it. And what do you get? What do you end up with? Maryism, Robertism, Thomasism, Fernandoism, Crystalism, Amandaism, Bernardism. I run into those isms a lot. As I go through life, I often run smack into an ism. Maybe it's because I'm a pastor and and people like to tell me what they believe. They don't always tell me why they believe what they believe, but what they believe is a popular topic of discussion. Well, I believe, when that happens, I usually say something like, so what you believe in is Richardism. Or what you believe in is is Carolism. One of the plights of being human is that we must figure out what we believe in so we have some point of reference for living. Some point of reference for living. Get down to the basics and you always end up with an ism. And maybe your name is pasted on the front of it. Jesus came to challenge isms. He came to set us free from isms. And that's the problem with Jesus. He's a problem. He wants us to change our isms. If he wasn't going to mess with our isms, we could deal with him. We could make a nice little cozy place for him in our lives. But he comes at times to decimate our isms, to tear them down and build something else in their place. When you survey the historical landscape, you go back hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years, you see collision upon collision of isms. That's what history is. So let me take you back to a time and a time's time on this Sunday before Palm Sunday. It's 33 A.D., And Jesus is about to talk about his own ism, which stretches our brains. I call his teachings brainer size. Matthew 7. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up 
the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. I didn't know you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. The the people knew the difference between isms and the truth. The people could sense that sometimes people were trying to teach them about life, but all it was was a lot of isms. Ism upon ism does not a life create. The truth creates life. The cover story of Time magazine, dated tomorrow, March 22nd, is about 10 ideas for the next 10 years. 10 big ideas for the next 10 years. Most of us are looking for 10 ideas for the next 10 days. And some of us are looking for one good idea in the next 10 minutes. But time takes us to some interesting places. The one that caught my eye was idea number nine, which had the subtitle, Why We Have Entered the post-trust era. Why we have entered the post-trust era. Christopher Hayes writes, in the past decade, nearly every pillar institution in American society, whether it's General Motors, Congress, Wall Street, Major League Baseball, the Catholic Church, or the mainstream media has revealed itself to be corrupt, incompetent, or both. And at the root of these failures are the people who run these institutions, the bright and industrious minds who occupy the commanding heights of our meritocratic order. In exchange for their power, status, and remuneration, they are supposed to make sure everything operates smoothly. For more than 35 years, Gallup has polled Americans about levels of trust 
in their institutions. In 2008, nearly every single institution was at an all-time low. Banks were trusted by just 32% of the populace, down from more than 50% in 2004. Newspapers are down to 24% from slightly below 40% at the start of the decade. And Congress was the least trusted institution of all, with only 12% of Americans expressing confidence in it. And then Hayes asks this question. It's a good question. So why is it that so much of the country's leadership in so many different walks of life performs so terribly over this decade? The article draws this conclusion. In the wake of the implosion of nearly all sources of American authority, this new decade will have to be about reforming our institutions to reconstitute a more reliable and democratic form of authority. Let me go back to his question. So why is it that so much of the country's leadership in so many different walks of life performed so terribly over this decade? Could it be something about an ism? Could it be an ism upon an ism? Could it be isms trying to, to vie for ism authority over other isms? Let me summarize these thoughts. We're in a big mess. The people we trusted got us into a big mess. We're going to look for a different group who won't make such a mess. But the ism problem will always remain. We're up against isms all the time and the only one who won't make a mess of it all is Jesus and what he says stretches our minds to work in new directions relationally politically and in terms of faith he will change the way we relate to each other get us out of our little ism box he will change the political arenas of our lives he will change even the way we understand and operate in the faith dimension let me give you my definition of faith these days. Faith is believing and doing what he says. Faith is believing and doing what he says. Brainer size. It's not a tired nod to the obligations of a religious structure gone awry. It's not trying to somehow separate all things political from all things about faith and thinking that somehow with our isms and our very smart isms we are going to make it through well the isms didn't work let's get some new isms that must be the answer come on people but the ism problem remains and the only one who won't make a mess of it all is jesus and what he says stretches our minds to work in new directions, relationally, politically, and in terms of faith. Faith is believing and doing what he says. You see, Jesus is a problem. He's a problem because he's expecting us to believe and do what he says. So let's take a look at how Jesus wants to exercise our brains. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the, the measure you use, it will be measured to you. 
Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank, a big old board sticking out of your eye? First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And in a day and age when there were no big screens In a day and age when there wasn't mass communication, Jesus would paint these very tight pictures for people with words so they could immediately see and understand the folly of the way that they were living. He would do brainer size with them. Brainer size. A personal commitment to fix what's wrong inside of you is the beginning of fixing what's wrong outside of you. That's what Jesus said. A commitment to fix what's wrong inside of you begins the fixing process outside of you. You want to fix the isms? First, fix your own ism. Hint, the log removal procedure needs more than one person. You can't do it by yourself. You have to let someone help you with your eye. Right now, the person you came to church with is volunteering for that job. The upside is you become a better you. You become a better you. You become more usable for God's purpose, more functional in the economy of of Jesus and what he's trying to do in the world. The downside is you pretend to remove the plank. You never do. You pretend and you stay blind. So here's the first brainer size question. Who can help you with your eye exam? Who can help you with your eye exam? Who can who will you trust enough with your life to lay your life out there to say if you see any, any planks in my isms, can you help me? Can you help me so that I can be a better person, the person that God always intended for me to be, the person that God wants to, to make me? Who can help you with your eye exam? Verses 6 through 12 are instructions for practical spirituality. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Now, I love dogs. You love dogs. Dogs are great. But you don't want to give them good stuff. They don't know how to take care of good stuff. The other day, uh, Wilson jumped up on one of our, our chairs, and he had been out in the yard digging, and he got muddy. And, and now the chair was, was muddy. And, and, and you know he doesn't understand the chair and the mud and everything. He just wanted a place to sit. Do not give dogs what is sacred? We understand that. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. You wouldn't do that, but people do it all the time. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. Be careful, he's saying, about how you live. Be careful with your life, what you give your life to. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For whoever For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. To her who knocks, the door is open. Which of you, 
If his son asks for bread, we'll give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. What Jesus is saying is work harder at developing your relationship with God than you work at developing any other relationship in your life. All other relationships will be enhanced in the process. Jesus is saying God is good. God loves you. God doesn't want to give you anything for your life that's going to be bad. God's looking at the entirety of your life. Sometimes we go, oh God, just give me this for the next month. And God's going, I can't give you this for the next month because the next 10 years are going to be different if I do that. I have to give you something that's going to last for a long, long time. I want to give you good things. And the point being here in Brainer Size is Jesus says, you go throwing your life around at all this stuff that's about isms and that's going to hurt you and that doesn't really matter in the long run. God wants to give you great stuff for your life. So work harder at developing your relationship with God than you work at any other relationship in your life. And then all your other relationships are going to be better as a result. The other day I was going to the bank to cash a check. And the people where I, I bank, really, a lot of people don't know that, that I do this on Sunday. They don't know. They don't know that I'm a pastor. I'm just a guy who comes in once in a while to cash a check. And, and so they always ask me a question that I don't like. I don't like to answer this question. I don't even know how to answer this question. They go, what are you going to do this weekend? Preach. The preacher. You know, I don't... I want to scare them away. So, because if you say preach, they, they think right then you're going to like launch into a sermon. Everybody's, everybody thinks that. So I usually try not to say a whole lot of anything, you know, and I don't like to answer the question. Sometimes I feel like I need to make up things like, oh, I'm going to go hang glide. It's going to be great. Go to the Outer Banks. I'm going to be hang glide down there. Then I'm going to get on a submarine. I'm going to, I might fly to Paris with Bill Gates just for the afternoon and come back and meet with Warren Buffett and have some some talk about stuff, you know, just make things up. Just, I don't know what to do with that question. What are you going to do this weekend? So, but this particular day, I thought, well, I'll just be honest. I knew I was going to do a wedding yesterday. So I said, well, I'm going to do a wedding, which I thought was very self-revelatory, okay? But the young female teller didn't hear I was going to do a wedding. She heard, I'm going to go to a wedding. So she looks at me, her eyes get real big. She goes, open bar, So to make her feel better, I said, open bar, it's going to be great, woohoo, open bar, we're going to have a fantastic time, woohoo, let's go for it. I didn't do that. I thought maybe I should do that, but I, I didn't do that. But see, you can, either, you can either hang around with people who enhance your relationship with God and who really want to see you become better and better as a person who's following Jesus Christ. Or you can just hang around with people who don't have a clue about what they're going to do on the weekend. And they're just going to do whatever makes them feel better, whatever kind of fits in there. And that's a choice you make all the time. Jesus says, do not do that. Do not just throw your life away. 
Know that God wants to make something great out of your life and get connected to that. Work harder at developing a relationship with God than you work at developing any other relationship in your life. And so the brainer-sized questions are, who is helping you take your spiritual life to the next level? Here's the more important question. Can you write down a name? Can you write down a name and say, this person is helping me take my life to a new level of knowing Christ, a new level of following him. This is what is in my life now. I put this in place. I used to just kind of throw my life away doing all kinds of things that really didn't make sense and really didn't make a difference, really. And now I know that this, with this person and this group, is changing my life. Verses 13 to 23 are about knowing you're on the right track with your life direction and goals. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. And in a day and time where, where he didn't have stadiums to speak in and he didn't have big screens, he talked to people who understood trees and fruit. He talked to an agrarian-based society and said, you know what it's like. You know what it's like. Good fruit, bad fruit. Pay attention. People are the same way. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we do your work? Weren't we like in the deal, in the program? Then I will tell them plainly, I didn't know you. I didn't know you. And if you're honest, you realize that you were really all about an ism that was attached to your name. We didn't, we didn't know each other at all. And now it's too late. In his book, Nine Things a Leader Must Do, Henry Cloud has a chapter called Play the Whole Movie. And he starts out telling this story about a man sitting on a bench He's reading a paper, and a young man comes down and sits on the same bench, and he's reading a paper. An old man sat down on his favorite bench, just as he did each day, for his lunchtime ritual of reading the newspaper. Leafing through the pages, the old man noticed a young man sit down at the other end of his bench with a newspaper of his own and begin reading. After a few minutes, the young man said, Excuse me, sir, would you happen to have the time? The old man looked the young man over for a moment. Uh, no, he said, then went, back, then went back to reading his paper. Puzzled, the young man said, Sir, I, I don't mean to be a pest, but I see that you're wearing a watch, yet when I asked you for the time, you said no. Have I offended you in some way? 
The old man eyed him up and down. No, not at all, he said finally. Then he went back to his paper. But I don't understand, the young man said. Why won't you give me the time? The old man put his paper down. Well, when you first sat down, I noticed you. You seem like a a nice enough young man, clean cut and all. You seem interested in the world and its current events, as I noticed by the particular paper you are reading. Then you asked me for the time. And I figured if I gave you the time, we might strike up a conversation, and you would probably tell me about yourself, and I would probably like you, and, and we would become friends. Then I would probably invite you to my house sometime to meet my family. If that happened, you would meet my wonderful daughter, whom I love very much. She would probably like you, and you would probably like her too. So the two of you would likely become friends and then go out on a date. And if that happened, chances are you would fall in love and get married, and I'll be hanged if I'm going to let my daughter marry any man who doesn't own a watch. The old man played the whole movie. He saw scene after scene as it unfolded all the way through. Jesus just played you the whole movie. He played it all the way through so you could see every single scene and know exactly where you are. Brainer size. Always look at the fruit your life might bear for God's purposes if you do the right things. And then play the whole movie to see what it looks like to do the right things with your whole life. Don't get bamboozled by what looks good, but will make your movie a tragedy. In the end, Jesus says, for some people, their movie is a tragedy. Brainer size questions. Have you taken a long range look at your life in Christ lately? Are there scenes you need to delete? Are there scenes that you would like to write into your movie? The final brainer size verses challenge your entire way of thinking about life. Therefore, therefore, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority over isms and not as their teachers of the law that were just all caught up in their own isms. You see, Jesus is a problem. He He is a problem with this ism thing. He even talked to the teachers of the law in his day and time, and he said, you go after one person to convert. You go everywhere and anywhere, get this one person to convert, and then you make him twice as much a son of hell as you are. You got the wrong isms. Give them up. Or just go home and admit that you're really not in this deal at all to glorify God. 
You're in it for your own personal isms. And, and he's a problem because people don't like that. It rattles the cages of so many institutions. Brainer size. Don't let Jesus but rule your life. Don't let Jesus but something rule your life. Jesus, but I, I've got to got to worry about all this stuff, Jesus. I got to take care of my stuff. Don't let Jesus, but Jesus, what, you know, you, you want this real big commitment. I don't really right now have time for this commitment, you know, but it, it would just take changing and shifting my ism. Live his words. Let him live in you. Let him do his work through you. Let the adventure of following him be the foundation you build a life on. I love telling you this. It's all an adventure. It's all an adventure. Jesus wants to take you on the adventure of your life. He wants to give you a lifetime of of doing something significant in the world. He wants you to play the whole movie and look back and see what it looks like when you gave your entire life to him. He wants you to do brainer size all the time because only by doing brainer size do you defeat and dismantle the ism upon which you are building your life right now. Oh, he's a problem because he won't let this go. Brainer size question. Take a look at your feet. Is it sandy or rocky down there? Do you see sand or rock? It's 33 AD. A man who is trying for all he's worth a man who is God, who is giving it his all every day to dismantle and take apart the isms of his time, is about to face the biggest challenge of his ministry. He's about to ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. And it looks like it's all about to end at the beginning of that week. It looks like they are going to bring him down. And on Friday, it looks like they did. But in reality, it's all about to begin. Brainer size. You're going to live in ism? Or are you going to take him at his word? It's your choice. Dear Heavenly Father, You challenge us through your son's words and they drive deep into the heart of our isms. They they want to deal a death blow to all the isms that we try to build life on, that we try to build society on. And we look around and we see society falling apart. We say, well, we just need new isms. Oh, Father, save us from that kind of secular thinking. Save us from trying to compartmentalize faith to an arena all by itself where it really doesn't touch on or influence every other area of life. Father, allow us to hear your words and to live them out. Allow us to truly follow Christ and be Christian in this time, in this generation. 
Father, take us now into this week, into this holy, holy week. In Jesus' name.